Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Good afternoon and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. And today I'm very, very excited to be joined by the amazing Karen Kay. Hello, Karen. Hi, Hannah. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming. This is so exciting. So you are the mermaid and fairy whisperer. Uh, that's your official job title, is it? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. So if you could just tell everybody a little bit about what that actually means. Okay, okay. so I... I oh, oh, I can hear it. Hear my back. back. I don't oh, know. I hate that. Can you? No, you sound normal to me. Okay, okay. Um, so, so I've been given I'm that name by uh, Philip Schofield on This Morning. And they called me the fairy whisperer. And then when I went on again a year later, which was just incredible to be invited back on the show, uh, that was when the lockdown first happened. And they actually traveled to my local beach. And then they called me the mermaid whisperer. So I thought, you know what? That kind of describes what I do, um, or a fraction of what I do anyway. So yeah, that, that's how my name came about. <laughs> I love it. I mean, let's be honest, no matter what Philip Schofield called any of us, we'd take it, wouldn't we, and say that. How I shall be known. So you work with the energies of fairies and mermaids. Now, as we were just quickly talking before we came on, Karen has got the most beautiful set of decks of cards, guys, that you may well own. Because when Karen agreed to come on here, I went. (gasps) So these are Karen's beautiful cards, Oracle of the Fairies and Messages from the Mermaids. So what drew you to... It was fairies first, was it? Then mermaids? Yeah, yeah, it was. How did that start? So it started when I was a very, very young girl and I was living with my grandmother and I don't know how old I was or how young I was, but it was really young and it was before I kind of knew even what the concept of fairies were. And so I would spend a lot of time in her garden. She was an avid gardener. She loved her roses and I even now... 
and we're going back a long, long, long time. I can still recall the fragrance of those roses. They weren't the hybrid roses. They were all the natural, big, really, oh, just gorgeous. And so when she was pruning them, I would always kind of gather up the um, petals and put them in a pot of some description. I can't remember exactly what it was. And then I'd put water in it and I'd crush up all the petals. And I was making perfume for the flower fairies. Um, it was actually rose water, but we won't kind of <laughs> argue over that. When yeah. I was little, it was perfume and I was making it for the flower fairies. And so I'd leave it out overnight, not every night, but quite often. And the next morning I'd go to check and it would be gone. So I knew that the fairies loved it and that they approved and skeptics might say, well, it just evaporated overnight. But I made a lot of it and I'm sure it wouldn't have evaporated overnight. And I knew in my heart that they loved it. And then I used to see them as um, kind of little lights dancing around. And, and it, again, it wasn't anything I was like, oh, my gosh, what are those lights? It was just so natural, as natural as you'd see a bird flying or something. So I just took it that it was normal until I got into kind of teenage years. And then you kind of get a little bit, I don't know if it's rebellious or questioning or what it is, but the ego comes in and really starts to... Uh, kind of fire up doesn't it and, yeah. and I thought well, maybe there's something wrong with me like I'm seeing all these lights they were always there I didn't I don't recall any kind of definite um telepathic communication but they were always there they were always with me and I thought well maybe there's actually something wrong with me so I went to the opticians and I asked for an eye test but I didn't say I think I'm seeing fairies I didn't say that because <laughs> I thought they might lock me up and so I just had a normal test and then they said you've got 20-20 vision your eyes are fine and I was like yay thank you very much and I went off and I was like okay I know I'm seeing fairies now and um and that was it. That was my first kind of introduction into fairies. And, and they haven't gone anywhere. They've just like been with me the whole time. And it's just that I've got to kind of build a relationship with them over these many, many years. I love it. I love it. This is hypnotizing. So um, do you communicate with them? Do you talk to them? Do you just see them? Do they, How does it work? Um, it works in many various ways because the thing about fairies is there are no rules and this is the thing that I feel like a lot of people are like oh be wary of fairies and they, they're really mischievous and they can be but in a I've I've I have experienced that kind of side but I work with fairies that are quite kind of um, light and joyful and higher vibration and there are all different fairies the same way that there are humans you get nice ones and not so nice ones but I've got a real lovely team of um beautiful fairies and occasionally the naughty ones kind of creep in but the other ones kind of keep them at bay and um i can't even remember what your question was now <laughs> not the rules but how it kind of works so the communication can come in so many different forms um i'll give you a few examples so one of the ways that they started communicating with me and this was um, over the last couple of years they started coming in with a fragrance and I know that this is synonymous with when spirits come in or ancestors they can come in and bring maybe the fragrance of a perfume that somebody used to wear well I was in the middle of the woods and I was doing a fairy reading I often record my fairy readings out and about in nature because it just feels really nice and there was this suddenly this smell of um 
was it toffee apples? And I was like, yum. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, where has that come from? Because I was right in the middle of the woods and and there was there were no toffee apple stalls there and I didn't have any toffee apples with me because if I did, I would have eaten them. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and they were just this fragrance and, and with it came this kind of feeling, this fizzy, upbeat feeling. And I was like, oh, okay, that's another way that you're letting me know that you're around. And that's happened several times. Now, I'm not saying like if you're listening and you think I'm not smelling toffee apples, so it can't be fairies. Well, that isn't true either, because they'll come to you in a way that will really kind of speak to you. And, and that memory of toffee apples takes me right back to being a child, which takes me right back to that innocent place that I was in when I first started communicating with them. So that's just one way. They talk to me also telepathically. I see them visually, as I said, with the little lights. And, and sometimes on a few occasions, I've seen them as in their kind of fully formed, which is always unexpected and always quite a blessing. And they'll show themselves however you feel kind of comfortable with, usually, unless they're annoyed with you. And then they'll show you in a way that might make you think, whoa, what was that? But usually... <laughs> When I saw them, um, I saw a giant one uh, when I was driving back through, what was it, down the A30. I, I was, I'd just been to the supermarket. I, I don't drink alcohol or anything. So I was totally kind of complimentous and not really thinking about fairies. I was just thinking about getting my shopping home. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw this kind of um, – <laughs> a giant leg that's all I can describe and I was like and remember I'm driving at the same time so I glanced and it all happened it was kind of in slow motion but really fast as well and I looked over and there's all these trees like giant trees and one of them I followed the leg and the other leg up and up and up and it was a gigantic fairy and my mind was blown because even though I've been connecting with fairies for years and years and years, I'd, I always just thought, well, they're tiny. Yeah. They're tiny. This is as big as a tree. This is like almost bigger than a giant tree. And so it, it kind of really threw me. But I kept my eyes and hands on the road and I got home. And my mind was like whirring around. And, and when I got home, I did a little bit of research and I found out that fairies can be, and this totally makes sense, and are as big as whatever they're protecting. Because as guardians of nature, if you've got a tiny blade of grass or if you've got a flower or a shrub or a tree, it figures that the energy, the fairy energy, and fairy, I use that word in a generic way because there's so many different terms like guardians and dryads and whatnot. Um, so it just made sense. And suddenly this whole new world within a world opened up for me. And so fairies are so magical. They can be any shape or size. I hope that all makes sense. I did rather it, didn't I? Amazing. I loved it. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I can't believe you managed to drive. Incredible. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so you obviously, your deck is designed to give guidance as well. So do you get guidance from the fairies? Do they, they advise you on what you need to do and when and things? Yeah, it's really interesting. So the, I've got, as you know, I've got two decks. So I'm talking about the Oracle of the Fairies because the way this came, it's almost like um, I, I don't, for some reason, I don't like to use the word channel because it has all these other connotations, like it's nothing to do with you. And, and sometimes it is. I mean, I'm not saying people don't do that. But for me, 
I see it as like um, a channeling collaboration. So I'm there. I'm definitely present when this happens. And it kind of filters through me. So the interesting thing about the fairy deck is that I actually lived every card, if that makes sense. So as the messages and the images were coming through to me and then I had to kind of describe them to the artist, Ginger Kelly, who is incredible, um, as you know, from the artwork. Yeah, and, and when I first created the deck, I was getting the fairies are just like this. When they know that you're receptive, they'll just literally bombard you. They care not for human time. So last thing at night, first thing in the morning, in the middle of the night, they don't care. If they've got someone who's open and receptive, they are going to inspire you and give you all these ideas. And I love it. And they know I am. So I, that's why I'm doing always so much stuff. <laughs> Not only because of them, it's me too. You have to kind of meet them halfway, but they know that I'm open. So um, these ideas were coming through and I, I won't go through every card in the deck because we'd literally be here every year. One of the cards in particular, I remember it was the um, wisdom card, the fairy wisdom card. And I was, it, it, it kind of feels like um, a download of information. You can't, I, can't, I go into a kind of meditation and be receptive and light a candle and incense and things like this and really put myself in the zone and then call them and ask them to inspire me because the work that I'm sharing is going to be going out all around the world. So it's important that it's accurate and it's the right information that is going to benefit humanity or the people that are drawn to the cards so um, this particular night, I was typing up the um, the deck, you know, writing the manuscript and for this particular card. And in the image of the card was is a fairy with an owl, a white owl. And just as I was typing it, an owl hooted outside my window. And you might think, well, she lives in Cornwall. That's normal. But it's not. I don't hear owls every day. And it was like, confirmation and it was like the outside coming in and it, it was just really wonderful and that's just a little tiny example of things that happen but every single card like and the lost and found fairy card when I was doing that I had lost something and then I did find it and so it was almost like I was proving the cards um yeah. and with pretty much every single card in that deck amazing amazing so for somebody that's got no experience with with fairies and working with fairies how do they start where should they start well i would say start in your heart as with anything um and come with an open mind and an open heart be receptive to connecting with them they are naturally drawn to people who have a love and a passion of nature because primarily fairies are magical, magical beings. However, their their job is to be guardians of the earth, of the planet. So if you're coming from that place too where you love nature as much as they do, then that kind of puts you on a similar kind of vibration. And you hear that saying your vibe attracts your tribe. Well, your mm -hmm. vibe, if you love nature, will attract fairies too. So, it, and I would say... If you can get out into nature, go outside into nature, find a tree, sit by the tree, just be. If you can meditate, meditate. But that word can put a lot of people off. So let's just call it relaxation. <laughs> sit by a tree and chill out. Chill out in the woods just because nature is so healing and uplifting anyway. 
go there with obviously you've got an expectation because you want to connect with fairies but try to not have any expectations and be open to things that can happen because it there is no rule book when you work with them or when you connect with them and you could say something really simple like um so you find a tree you sit by the tree and you could say fairies fairies come to me as i sit beneath this tree easy isn't it or you can make your own thing up it's it's always very creative with the fairies and very often a sign that you're connecting with them is that they will talk to you and connect with you in rhyme and they'll inspire you in a rhyme way. And I'm not sure why that is, but a lot of people that I know who work with fairies get the same thing. And I've had this for years as well since I was a little girl. So you would um, just be there and ask for a sign. Give me a sign that you're there. And they'll, they'll check you out. They'll scan you. Fairies are quite wary of humans because of the way humans treat the planet and cut down yeah. the trees and stuff. But if you're there with this kind of, as I said, this open heart and open mind and receptive and in a loving space, then they will definitely see you. And then you, and it could take, there's no kind of time limit. You can't say, yeah. oh yes, it's going to take an hour or two hours or a week or a month or a year. It's a gradual thing that slowly builds. It's just being open and then looking for the signs. You could ask them to give you a sign. You might get a sign there and then. It could be a feeling. It could be something you see. It could be an unusual insect or a bird acting in an unusual way, coming landing beside you or something. You'll, you'll just get a feeling with it. Or it could be a definite kind of communication in words or a vision. You could see them in front of you. So there are so many ways and it is about just keeping your mind open. I can't kind of reiterate that enough. Mm -hmm. Your mind open, your heart open and love nature. Show your love for nature by your actions, kind of whether it is kind of swapping out something that you use in your household that's got loads of chemicals, swapping it out from eco natural product instead. That's mm -hmm. a little tiny taste. <laughs> I love it. So you because know, obviously they can see energy, so they can tell. Yeah. You know, it's building that trust, building that connection, but also putting a bit of work in yourself, which mm -hmm. I'm thinking about. Um, you know, we want everything now these days, and sometimes it takes a little while. So you obviously you went from sort of young, just naturally, intuitively talking to the fairies, to then sort of hiding it a little bit, and then realizing it was a a proper calling. I would say for you. Yeah. So what? How did you learn? How did you? connected the fairies teach you did you teach you where did you learn um I've never really seen it as a formal learning because I'm not a conventional I don't see myself as like a conventional type fairy person so I I've read loads of books and there are so many books but a lot of what's said in the books or some of what's said in the books isn't my reality or my experience my experience has been opposite there are things like um i'll just take a couple of examples like the um people say fairies don't like iron or metal and i just don't i'm the sort of person that questions everything and that can get me into trouble sometimes but, <laughs> but you know what i don't care i don't care <laughs> important to kind of know the truth that is for you and it might not be the same truth for other people um so i really questioned this and really looked into it and then i found out through my research and through my kind of connecting and asking that fairies aren't 
scared per se of metal. It's just that the what happened is we're going back back through history. Fairies have been kind of, um, for want of a better word, they've been demonised. They've been kind of scapegoated quite a lot. And um, and they've had a bad press. They've had a bad PR, really. And And so the bells were designed to scare the fairies away, the church bells. And, and that's where that kind of stems from in certain schools of teaching. And because I also went further and, and looked into what kind of goes on in the fairy realms. And, and you hear these stories of like tiny fairy horses. And those fairy horses have um, what they called shoes, horseshoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're made of metal and they're made by blacksmiths. So there are fairy blacksmiths. So they can't be allergic or scared of metal, can they, if they're using it? So if you kind of look at the kind of obvious things, it, it isn't what the normal school says if you look in most books, but but that's what I found to be true through my experience. And another example I'll give is um, fairy food. And people, oh, people say, Nev no, never eat fairy food. Oh, no, 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 you, you'll never eat fairy food. And and I thought, why not? <laughs> now, I must say, this is my disclaimer. Do not go out and eat mushrooms or anything that you see that you might think it might be from fairies. Do not do that. Definitely don't do that, okay? Um, and that isn't what re I really mean by fairy food anyway, although that is a part of the fairy food. It's like if, if a fairy offers you food, it is an honour because they won't offer food to just anyone. They have to feel that love and connection with you. And I've, to date, only found one other person who works with fairies that has said this in a formal way, and that is a guy called RJ Stewart, who's done lots of work with the fairies. And he says, again, if a fairy offers you food, take it. It's an honour. Um, obviously, it's down to personal choice. So um, you should be kind of really mindful of that. And also, if you eat outdoors, if you're having a picnic or eating outdoors, sometimes you'll find that your food tastes a little bit bland. And it's like, why does it taste bland when I'm outside, but really tasty when I'm inside? And it's because the fairies can actually suck the life force of the food out and eat it while they're there because they, they like the essence. So that's why they say leave food out for the fairies, um, ideally kind of sweet, organic, natural food. And they can kind of take the essence, the energy of that and absorb it. I've talked a lot about food, haven't I? Oh, <laughs> girl, that's that's time, right. is it? My girl after my heart. Don't worry about that. Now what's on my mind? <laughs> so, my goodness, I have so many questions, but mermaids. So where yeah. do the mermaids come in? Let's oh, yeah, where do the mermaids come in? So the, the thing is, um, as I said, the fairies have been with me all the way through. And then when I got into my early 20s, I moved to Cornwall. I lived in London. I was a party girl, a London girl. And then I came to Cornwall. I won't tell the story of how I came to Cornwall, but it was an overnight thing, literally. Um, basically, a guy invited me to Cornwall and I said, OK, I'll go to Cornwall. <laughs> and I came to Cornwall. And as soon as I arrived in Cornwall, I could feel the ocean and I knew I was home. It's like, I'm home. I found the home of my heart. And I never thought I'd leave London. I just love the city life and the hustle and the bustle and everything that goes with it. And I thought, how could anybody live outside of this? But as soon as I arrived in Cornwall, I was like, I'm home. 
I found my home and I could feel like this, the ocean because it's kind of pretty much all around Cornwall and these kind of ocean vibes. And then I got inspired um, to draw mermaids. And you might think, well, that's any, you know, anyone can do that. But I'm not an artist. Like the extent of my art goes to matchstick men and women <laughs> Me too. Or, blob, or blobs of kind of um abstract swells and stuff like that's my artistic and i'm not saying it's good i mean it's one of my art is owned by yuri geller of all people and i've only done a few so um but but that's like just a, a, a thing i'm not an artist a conventional yeah. artist but these images were just coming in so strong and they were of warrior mermaids and mermen warrior kings and queens of the sea with tridents and I remember I must have spent about three months after I arrived in Cornwall just obsessively drawing and and just painting every single scale with by hand and oh, I just they were so they weren't like what you think mermaids would be like they were really kind of not fierce but powerful mm -hmm. um, and just like very regal and that was my first connection with them and then I just. I don't really know how it developed. I think it's in a same similar way to the fairies, but kind of different because I haven't seen a mermaid. I see them etherically, but I haven't kind of seen them. But I feel them. And as soon as I kind of, I always put my feet in the ocean. I rarely go fully in, although I did go fully in the other day. And I just, it was captured on video as well. A rare sighting <laughs> of Karen Kay in the sea, like exclusive. <laughs> splashing around like not very delicate or elegant at all but I was having the best time um it was really fun and um <laughs> so when I'm connecting with the ocean it's like you're connecting with with the whole of the mer realm because mermaids are guardians of the ocean there are many guardians of the ocean you've got King Neptune there's also a new one that I found out about called um, mermaid goddess Salacia, who is actually a dwarf planet, and she creates, and it's so beautiful, the sparkles on the sea. Wow. And it, she's the guardian of that, and she's the consort of King Neptune, who is the king of the sea. And there's also other guardians that you get as well, but those are the ones that I connect in with. So when you go in the sea, you can connect just by kind of putting your radar out or your sonar or whatever it is just opening to that energy and and they tend to come in on a really emotional feel it's all about feelings and flowings and going deep and feeling the emotions and and so just briefly kind of coming to this deck messages from the mermaids that was created when I was going through a particularly challenging emotional time and that deck just it just was literally a, a download, a very, very quick download. So quickly it came through that I, I doubted it and I sent it off to my publishers and then I waited with trepidation thinking, are they just going to laugh or what are they going to say? Or, But I had to just give it as it came through. And, and they said it was great and it was really deep and they loved it. And I was like, yay, that's so good. So it's about trusting it when you when it does come through. And you'll know through the work you do, Hannah, like you get stuff and you think, I can't say that. I can't do that. But And then you you will because you, you're just compelled to. And the person will say, 
how did you know that? Like, that's spot on. And I get this all the time. And so I trust it. And you just do trust it as you get older. And if you and you also you trust it, but you don't care if it's wrong, because you're giving it if it's right, people will take it. And if it's wrong, it's like, just let it go. So that's what I find like with the mermaid energy as well. Amazing, 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 amazing. I love it. I love it. So You've got your, I went on your site and as I was saying to you before we came online, I thought I had fingers in a lot of pies. <laughs> Call blimey, love. You're everywhere, aren't you? you... <laughs> so let's talk first of all about Three Wishes Fairy Festival that you organise. You organise yeah. that, you create that, yeah? Yeah, that's my baby. Yeah, I'm a a co-founder with Michael Tingle, but the idea came through me and then he helped me to kind of manifest it in the world on with a practical side of things. So that was really interesting as well. And I've had this once before. It's like sometimes not once, many times before, but in such a strong way. I was just sitting here one day and I heard a voice (laughs) And it wasn't my voice because we know the sound of our own internal voice. This was a different voice. This was a fairy voice. And it just said, you must organise a fairy festival at the time of midsummer in Cornwall. And I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) Come again? I was like, that was a bit of bossy. And then I thought, hmm. Okay, I'd been organising other events, Mystic Fairs, and I'd done an angel conference in 1999 that not many people know about. And that was off the orders of Archangel Michael, who also came through in a very big, boomy voice. I can't say no to him. Um, And I did it and it was great. But anyway, so this was like, it was a different voice, but it was that same authority that came through. And we always have a free will. We have a right to say, actually, no, I'm not going to do that. And they'll find someone else who's receptive. As, as you know, it's how it works. So I, I sat with this for a few minutes and I, and I thought, well, and then they said, you must announce it. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. How can I announce a festival? I don't know where it's going to be, except it's going to be in Cornwall. I don't know when it's going to be, except around the time of midsummer. Um. Mm. <laughs> and then I just had this, I tuned in and I had this overwhelming feeling like, yes, why not? What have I got to lose? Well, only my entire reputation for announcing an event oh. that I don't have a venue for, that I don't know where it's going to be. Um, but you know what? I'm going to do <laughs> I'm gonna do this. That's the kind of girl I am. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, so I I announced it. Uh, with great kind of um, well actually before, there is a bit before that so I I knew that I didn't want to because at this time there weren't any fairy festivals and if there were I hadn't heard of them and they were really kind of small scale um, events that were going on there were uh, festivals in America but I'd never been there I just heard of them and I thought well I don't want to just call it a fairy festival it needs to have because that felt a bit too generic for me I wanted something that would set it aside And so I asked the fairies to give me a sign for a name that could be the umbrella for this event. And one day I was hanging out my laundry in the garden and it was a really beautiful day. There was no breeze. It was just so beautiful. And I was hanging out my laundry and the grass had been cut, which again is really rare for me, but it had been cut. But there was a solitary um, dandelion seed head. And I was I remember looking at it and thinking, the grass had just been cut. How did that get there? Because it would have been cut, the seed head, but it was just there. 
And so I was hanging up my washing and then one of the little seeds flew past me. I call them wishes. And it's like, I was like, oh, that's lovely. And I thought, hmm, there's no breeze, though. That's interesting. Carried on. Then another one went by. And then another one went by and I was like, three wishes. And then it was like light bulb moment, uh, three wishes fairy festival. And so that's how the festival was named. Mm -hmm. um, so I announced it. And then uh, when you work with fairies, kind of magical fairy doors literally open, metaphorical, you know, like um, somebody introduced me to someone who knew someone who had some land and I went and had a meeting with them. And... And they said, yeah, this idea sounds crazy. Let's do it. <laughs> and and that guy actually ended up, he, he's still working with us now, although we haven't done the festival for two years because of what's going on in the world. But we are doing it next year. And um, and I said to him, what made you say yes? And he said, I thought you was completely bonkers, but you seemed like you had a good idea. <laughs> I'm going to organise a fair festival. He's like, OK. And also, I think he said the medieval babes swang it for him as well, because I had them on board, too. Um, so, yeah, and, that, and that's how that started. And, and that started in two. I think the fir first one was 2007. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, like you said, this is on next year, isn't it? So yes, people can visit your website, karenk.co.uk? Um, you can visit there and uh, I will announce it on there, but I have got a separate website for the three wishes and that okay. is actually fairyfestival.co.uk. So, um, yeah, it's on there. And I've got to make the proper announcement that there is a newsletter on there too. And it's basically what is it? It's a three-day and night camping festival. Some people camp, some people stay in b&b's or hotels nearby some people just come for the day it's very family friendly but it caters for everyone so it there's loads of stuff for children loads of stuff for adults there's live bands there's over a hundred free workshops it's all included in your ticket and um it's it's completely vegan so all the food that's served there is vegan and some people are like well i need my cheese and it's like don't say that till you've tried vegan cheese, like the food. I love my food. As you can probably tell, I talk about it a lot. <laughs> and the food at the festival is so good that I've had people privately contact me after saying I was really dubious about this. But since going to your festival, since trying all this wonderful vegan food, I have now been vegan and they've it's literally changed people's lives. So that's really beautiful, too fantastic and it was lots of fun i looked through all yeah. the pictures earlier there was lots of smiling faces and yeah. dresses and eco glitter and it just looked really really lovely yeah, so yeah. one of the many things you do the other thing is that fairies and enchantment magazine mm -hmm. your editor of that yeah founder and editor-in-chief of that so that started from um before i did the fairy festival i did a fairy ball and, um, and the way that all came together was very magical too, surprise, surprise. And all these people kind of came out of the woodwork. I, and at that time, I don't even know if there was Facebook or I think it might have been YouTube or MySpace or something. But anyway, I wanted, to, and, and this does lead on to the magazine. So I wanted to organize an event. I was feeling, um, I didn't feel comfortable going to the normal pubs and clubs because as as you might feel as well, like when we're sensitive and psychic and empathic, it can feel quite abrasive energetically when you go into these other types of um, nightclubs. But I love a good party and I love dressing up. And I was like, 
I'm going to create my ideal party. I'm going to create an event that is almost like if you went to fairyland and went to a nightclub in fairyland, what would that be like? And that's the event that I created. And so, um, and, and I magically met Brian Proud and his wife, Wendy, and we've become really good friends after that as well. And loads of other amazing artists within the fairy community and everyone came and they heard from word of mouth or someone, you know, it, and it sold out. And I was like, wow, I didn't know if one person was going to go. I thought it would just be me dressed up with my wings and my tutu and my wand and having a boogie, which would have been fine. But it literally sold out. And I thought, oh, my gosh, there's a community of people here. How can I serve them? And I'd my former life within this life was as a BBC news editor. So I'd come from that kind of quite um, professional broadcast journalism background, but I left that behind because it just was, wasn't a good fit for me anymore. But I've stayed in good terms with all of my colleagues. And um, I had these skills and I was like, well, I've, I'd been as a postgraduate, um, uh, I put myself through as a postgraduate student and, done all these things and thought, I've got all these skills. What do I do with them now? Because I've left that media world. And I thought, well, what is my passion? And and it's fairies. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I'm going to make a fairy fanzine, I called it. And I just thought, I'm going to make something that I would like to read. And and literally, I did this. And, and then I was contacted by a distributor in America. I don't know how they found out about me. And they phoned me up and I thought it was a prank call. So I ignored it. And, and and then they phoned up again and then they emailed and they said, have you been getting our phone calls and emails? And I'm like, yes, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, we'd love to distribute your magazine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> really? And they said, yeah. So I signed a contract for a distribution deal that just put my magazine out all over the world. And it's been flying all around the world ever since. Incredible. Just like that. Just Very like magic. That. Very magic. <laughs> so if people want to, you know, because you have so many things that you, you do. do. You have readings <laughs> with you. You've got your um, masterclasses coming up with Hay House, haven't you? You've got so many different things going on. But if people visit your website, and yeah. that is karenk.co.uk, yeah? It is, yeah. yeah. Um, then they can they can sign up and get your newsletter, but they also get a free fairy door meditation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. As Very soon nice. as they sign up, um, they'll get a, another email with a link to download the meditation from my face shop, which is another uh, business that I have. It's where I kind of put all the things that I sell because I do meditations and all kinds of stuff so they'll get a link and a code and then you just type in the code and then you download that fairy door meditation for free yeah that's exactly and, and also i'll put everything out on my um newsletter i don't send a lot of newsletter i literally only send out newsletters when i have news to share <laughs> yeah i wish everyone did that yeah um, amazing amazing and obviously your beautiful cards are available at all good retailers they are aren't they, they are yeah <laughs> <laughs> so and I love them because they they're just I think obviously I met you through Trish McKinley who I interviewed on oh, here I love her she's my girl Trish <laughs> amazing <laughs> but you both have this because I've been watching your Mermaid Mondays oh yeah and all of the things you've been doing you both have this very buzzy upbeat 
fun energy, yeah. um, which I think you, you build together as well. Yeah, but, it gets <laughs> even more. <laughs> but your cards have those energies, I would say. Your cards are yeah. very uplifting. They have that kind of, yeah, you've got work to do, but let's have a bit of fun on the way and get on yeah. with it kind of fun. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. I, I like to kind of, look, life is challenging sometimes and we don't I don't wake up every day and go yay it's another day like sometimes I wake up and I'm like oh I'm just gonna go back to bed and sleep this day away I'm human we're all human and and kind of I find the ways to get best get through and try and if I'm in these spaces ways that I can lift myself out of them whilst acknowledging the space because it's important um but just kind of lift myself out of it and be creative and have fun because you know time is very precious isn't it as well absolutely well thank you so much karen i mean i could talk to you all day i've still got a billion questions but <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and talking to us all today oh, and just sharing that information you. about the fairies about the mermaids and about you because it's been absolutely amazing oh thank you so much and if anyone wants to find me on instagram i share pretty much every single day on there and i am at karen k fairy and i love like message me if you've seen me here and i love chatting to people and um talking about fairies and mermaids and everything yeah, yeah and you have lots of fun on your instagram yeah. but you can tell that you are i mean i know you've just said you're not happy every day but it does seem someone that is living their best life from yeah, the natural world and having yeah. a great time with amazing hair. That's how it comes across anyway. <laughs> Thank you. That's oh, been thank lovely. You. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.